Bob, I'm going to switch to the pulpit, to this one, if you would, please. The United States of America has 189 ambassadors that serve around the world. These men and women carry important and heavy responsibilities in the relationship between America and the location where they are serving. While they have many responsibilities, an ambassador's chief concern is to accurately and faithfully be a voice to represent the President of the United States. Our President is not able to speak to all of these nations at once, so he sends ambassadors to speak for him. The ambassadors represent, speak in place of the President. A President wants a strong, a faithful and a successful representative. And if a president believes that an ambassador fails to represent well, then the ambassador is replaced. Similarly, the Bible makes it perfectly clear that all of humanity has had a representative before God. The Bible also is clear that that representative failed and that God has provided another representative to take the place of the first representative. Today, we consider how we are represented before God. Please turn your copy of the scriptures to the epistle of Romans. We are making our way through Romans that declares for us the undeserved, unmatched, and unstoppable gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you would, please find your way to Romans chapter number 5. We are considering the section of Romans of chapter 5 through chapter 8, the third division of the epistle that deals with the assurance that the gospel gives to us. Brothers and sisters, we can all relate to needing to be assured of our standing with God. We can relate to desiring to have an assurance before God. And so chapter 5 through chapter 8 Paul works through some means of assurance, some foundations of assurance. We've considered the assurance that is proven by the fact that we have peace with God, that we have access to God, that we have joy in God even through times of suffering. Last week, we considered that we have assurance because we have love from God. The rest of chapter 5, commentators have said of it, it's one of the most challenging passages, if not the most challenging passage in the whole book of Romans. Paul makes a statement in verse number 12, and then he goes on a little rabbit trail. And then while he's on the rabbit trail, he goes on another rabbit trail. So the flow can seem to be a little bit disjointed. Can I point that out to you in your copy as you, as you look down uh, at, at Romans chapter 5? At the end of verse number 12, you will see a colon, if you're reading from the King James translation, or you'll see a dash from the ES, if you're reading in the ESV or NIV. Those punctuation marks are your friends from the translators and are really helpful to communicate the rabbit trail that Paul is about to take us on. The translators of the King James even give us one more additional help that I appreciate by putting parentheses around verses 13 through verse number 18. So that helps us understand that Paul makes a statement in verse 12 
But he doesn't really complete the second half of that thought until he comes down to verse number 18, which we'll come to in, in the coming Lord's Days. There's a second aspect that makes this particular passage a little bit challenging. It covers some really deep doctrine. In fact, there are some things in here that our finite minds won't even understand until we are face to face, until we get to glory. And you know what? That's okay. That's not a problem. That's really okay. That's not a ticket either to ignore what's in this passage or to kind of mentally check out and just kind of, to kind of be on robotic mode here this morning. There's some really important realities here and, and important things that we can grasp that are profitable for instruction in righteousness. Please follow along as I read from God's Word, Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse number 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those that had not sinned after the similitude or likeness of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it were, and not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. If you've gathered here this morning and you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, you've never yet, you have not yet placed your faith in Christ, we're glad that you're here this morning. You'll hear how your representative before God has failed you. And you have failed as well. But as you listen, listen to the, all the way to the very end where we hear of some good news that comes as well. Christian, you already know about this good news. But as you study this passage this morning, be reminded of the miserable mess from which you were saved, from which you were rescued. And then ask God to use this passage, the reminder of this sermon this morning, to help you change this week. Peace with God. Access to God, joy in God, even through suffering, love from God, all give a, a child of God assurance. But all of that is based 
on the reality that we have been and are being represented by someone before God. In other words, all of those assurances in verses 1 through 11 are only accomplished if the foundation of verses 12 through 21 has been laid. So, the person who represents you before God makes all the difference in both your earthly and your eternal life. Who is your representative before God? This text identifies two individuals who are called, to, who are called on to represent humanity before God. We will take it in two parts. We're going to focus mostly on the first representative this week and then mostly on the second representative next week. The person who represents you before God makes all the difference in both your earthly and in your eternal life. Who is your representative before God? First, we see that our first representative before God introduced us to sin. Verse 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. Did you notice the universal verbiage as, as we read through the text this morning? It's not about Jew and Gentile. It's not giving instruction about uh, the uncircumcised and the circumcised. Rather, we, we read words like all men, world, all sinned, from Adam to Moses. So Paul is addressing, uh, he's drawing our attention to a full group, to the, to the, the, human, the human race. Sin came to all the world through one man. How could what one man did at one time in history have such an absolute effect on mankind? That man, Adam, was our representative. Sin didn't start with Adam. It started with, with Satan. We read in 1 John, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And though sin did not begin with Adam, Adam was indeed guilty of sin. God had given Adam a command, don't eat of a certain tree. We read of it this morning. We read in Genesis that Eve ate first. But the primary responsibility went to Adam. Adam was the lead in the relationship. God had given the command to Adam specifically, and Adam had headship over Eve. Paul told Timothy that Eve was deceived into sin, but not Adam. He knew the command of God, and he still willfully rebelled. Adam, therefore, is designated as our representative. Individually, he represented us. As a human race, he represented us. And so when Paul tells the church at Rome that sin came into the world, it's talking about our default towards unrighteousness. We are sinners because we inherited a sinful nature. No parent ever had to teach their child to sin, right? A little kid pouts or screams when they don't get their way. A child is naturally bent towards sinful responses. Every human has inherited the sinful nature of our representative, Adam. We are a single human race that went astray, each of us individually, but all of us together. Nobody is excluded. So as one commentator put it, when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, he sinned not only as a man, but as man. 
In other words, the human race sinned. Paul told the church at Corinth, for as in Adam all die. This, this truth is kind of hard for us Americans to understand, isn't it? It's kind of difficult for us to swallow. We've become so individualistic in our mentalities. We see professional athletes and Hollywood stars who are, who are producing and perfecting their brand for, for marketing purposes. People grooming their online uh, profiles and their physical bodies in order to give off the very individual presence that they might have. But Paul is talking about something different. He's telling us that we're in this big group called humanity and sin came to all of us through this one representative. And while that may seem like a foreign concept to Americans, it is quite common for Israel. They were familiar with it. And these Christians in Rome would have understood this from their, from their, their, nation, their nation's history. God often punished nations who opposed him or his people. We have a certain understanding, right? We, we think of things. and We think about the, the Philistines or Sodom and Gomorrah or, or whatever people group. Paul wants us to understand as well that in Adam all die. He was, Adam was our representative and his sinful choice was a choice for humanity. You can remember back to, to Jericho and Achan's sin against God. And his, his sin resulted in, in Israel's defeat. But even more, even more drastic, it resulted in the death of his family. His sin brought trouble on those who had not sinned in that particular instance. Now, none of us, as part of Harvest Bible Church, are going to be called on to represent all of humanity before God, as Adam was called on to do. But as we consider the fact that sin came into the world through one man, it would be appropriate for us to be warned and to be reminded that our sin has effects on other people. So parents, your besetting sins can be passed on to your kiddos. They are attentive to any lapse in integrity that you might show. They see your lack of respect for a spouse. They are trained by how you do or do not prioritize your local church. They notice the words that you use when you are angered. Husband, your sinful practice in indulging your heart and your mind on the grime of pornography not only does harm to your soul, maybe even eternal harm, but it also affects your wife and your relationship with her and your family. Church member, your, your divisive words, your apathetic mindset, your gossip, our, our insubordination, our lack of concern for others, our excessive anger, our stinginess, our lack of generosity, and many other sins within the church setting, all of those have effects beyond you. God said, be holy, for I am holy. So beloved of Harvest Bible Church, when we yield to the temptations of Satan, it goes beyond just us. And even though we are not in any official capacity of representing, uh, representing others before God, we should be reminded that we do have the ability to do great harm to others by giving ourselves to sinful desires of our heart. Be reminded today 
Heed the reminder today of the wide-reaching arms of sin. The person who represents you before God makes all the difference in both your earthly and your eternal life. Who's your representative before God? So the first aspect of our first representative is that he introduces to sin. Secondly, our first representative before God experienced death before us. Verse 12 again. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. As a pastor, I have opportunity to talk with a lot of people, of course, and I have opportunity to talk with a lot of people quite a bit about the subject of death. People give me thoughts on them facing death and ask questions about facing death. Sometimes we'll get together and have meetings about what's going to happen after they die. And we plan services. And I have files for people here this morning about what's going to happen after they die and what, what death is, what, what a service would look like for them. But one of the ironic parts of those conversations is that neither, neither them or I have ever died. We're having a conversation about something that we have never experienced. We learn of death through our first representative before God. Adam died. God announced that the consequence of sin would be death. And that was, was not the creative purpose of, of Adam to die. God did not create Adam in order for him to die. But because of Adam's sin, Adam would die. And he would experience death in several ways. He would, he would experience spiritual death, first of all, which is separation from God. That had happened to Adam as soon as he sinned. The communion that he once enjoyed with God, they, they walked through the garden talking with God and enjoying communion with God, that was severed, that was broken. Ephesians 2 tells us the same things, that we are dead in our trespasses and, and sins. We are sons of disobedience. This is the most significant kind of death. It's being cut off from our creator God. It's the kind of death that is pictured by a great gulf between humanity and God. It's the kind of death that is seen in our total depravity that we're corrupt through and through that we talked about last week. Spiritual death comes as a result of sin, and since sin is universal, so is spiritual death. But there's a second kind of death, not only spiritual death, but there's also physical death, separation from others. I officiated a a funeral this week, and I reminded those who were in attendance that unless Jesus returns, all of us would face physical death. And while our souls will live forever, our bodies remain on this earth. It's, it's appointed unto man once to die. We don't know the timing. It could be today. It could be years from now. We don't know the cause of our physical death. It could be from injury or disease or from old age. But we do know that we face physical death. Adam, eventually, he lived a long life, but eventually he died physically. But the process of his death began when he sinned against God. He began to die once he violated God's command. And because our representative sinned and we sinned, we too have begun that process of dying. So there's spiritual death and there's physical death, but there's also eternal death. We have a difficult time contemplating eternity, don't we? That makes sense. We have finite minds, but we have eternal souls. And Adam did experience spiritual death. He did experience physical death. But he did not experience eternal death. What is eternal death? It's, 
It's eternal punishments. Here's how Revelation refers to it. In chapter 21 it says, But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, murderers, the sexually immoral, idolaters and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Eternal death refers to ongoing, present time, never-ending punishments. Eternal death will be the fate of any who are not represented by a second Adam. Eternal death will be the fate of any who are not perfectly represented before God. You see, the person who represents you before God makes all the difference for your earthly and your eternal life. Who is your representative before God? Our first representative introduced us to sin. Our first representative experienced death before us. Thirdly, Paul tells us that our first representative before God bequeathed death to us. He not only sinned, but he passed on to us. We inherited death from him. Have you ever had one of those jobs that just takes you forever to get crossed off your to-do list? I've had one of those hanging over my head for, it seems like, forever. Making a will has been that way for me. We made a will a long time ago, years and years ago. But then a couple years ago, I realized that I hadn't even updated it since Elise was born. And she's almost 12. I know, bad guy, bad guy, I know. And I didn't think it was a really big deal because it's not like we're going to leave millions of dollars behind to our kids or anything like that. But Elise kept saying, Dad, your library, what about your books? If you don't make a will, Peyton is going to get all the books. <laughs> like that was valid. So we got our will made and we got that signed off on a couple of weeks ago. Finally got the job done. Elise, you get all the books. Peyton, you get the lawnmowers. We want to bequeath, we want to, we want to leave behind something for the next generation. Adam left us death. Paul tells us that death not only entered the world, it spread to all men. One man brought sin, and with that sin came death, which came on the whole human race because we have all sinned. God appointed Adam to act for himself and for all of his descendants, all of us. Adam represented us in the garden. Death came to all of us through the sin of Adam in the garden. And here's the question. Is that fair? Is it fair for Adam to be our representative? We weren't even there. We weren't even in the Garden of Eden. And now we have received death because of his sin, because of his sinful choice? But maybe we could think of it this way. We are quick to say that even though we were not present at the cross, even though we were not present to see the empty tomb, we are quick to say that we are united to Christ in his death and his resurrection, so therefore we enjoy the victory that Jesus had over death. Well, friends, if we are willing to accept that we gained those benefits without being present. We must be willing to accept that we gained the curse of sin from Adam without being personally present in the Garden of Eden. 
If it's true for, for Christ in life, it can be true for Adam in death. If you hired someone to, to murder somebody else, and you make sure that you have an alibi so that um, you are somewhere else when that person is, is killing somebody that you've hired, you've, you've hired someone to, to murder someone else, you have an alibi so that you can appear to be innocent. Can you still be charged with murder? Of course. Because you hired someone to do what you wanted to do. You are held accountable for the crime. The same is true with Adam as our representative. He carried out the intentions of our hearts. So it's not just that our first representative, Adam, screwed up and now we're kind of left hanging and just kind of out of luck. No, we, we individually messed up. We were guilty through and through. And through Adam's representing us before God in the garden, we have inherited death. The sin that leads to death has ensnared all people. And Paul says that that death was was in the world from Adam to Moses in verse, uh, uh, from verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. So the people from Adam to Moses didn't have the law of Moses yet, but Paul says sin is not counted where there is no law. That is a reference to imputation, that, that sin is not uh, put charged to one account. It's not being charged against one account. But he says death still reigned over those people because of their sinful natures. They, like the rest of humanity, were all recipients, people from Adam to Moses, were all recipients of a sinful nature that was inherited from our first representative before God, the first Adam. So death is reigning. We feel that in our world today, don't we? We feel the curse of sin wherever we look. We hear of it, we see it, we feel it. Death is real. There are people in our community who are spiritually dead and will one day physically die and experience eternal death. There are people among the nations that have not yet heard of the second representative before God and they continue to be represented by the first Adam from who, who represented them in the garden. Friend, you have no choice in the matter in facing spiritual death. You are a, you are a sinner by birth and by choice. You have no choice in the matter in facing physical death. If Jesus does not return, you are going to, you as a human will not live forever. You're going to physically die. But eternal death is something different. Paul will go on later in the book to tell us that you can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Christian, as you walk through life and see faces, and it sounds like we're going to be seeing more faces uh, again now soon. See those faces as individuals with eternal souls. Your co-workers, your family members, your neighbors. Allow the, the, the potential reality of their eternal death cause you to speak the truth of the gospel to them. You see, the person who represents you before God makes all the difference in both your earthly and your eternal life. Who's your representative before God? Our first representative before God introduced us to sin. Our first representative before God experienced death before us. Our first representative before God bequeathed death to us. But thankfully, there 
Paul gives one more point about our first representative before God. Our first representative before God typified Christ for us. Verse 14 says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had, who had not sinned after the likeness of Adam's transgression. Adam, who is the figure, who is the type of him that was to come. This is nothing like Congress or other political offices. It's not like we decided that our first representative before God was doing a poor job, so we voted him or her out and we in, in favor of voting a new representative in. That would not work because we have no ability to do that. Remember from last week back in verse number 6, we are weak. We are incapable of doing that. So we couldn't switch representatives before God. We didn't have the ability to do that. And this is where grace begins to peek through the horrors of Adam and our sins. Even though our first representative did poorly, and even though we willfully followed our first representative, God does something amazing. He sends a second representative for us. At the end of verse 14, Paul tells the church at Rome that Adam was a type, a figure of the one who was to come. Well, who was the one that was to come? The one that was to come was the one who was the way, the truth, and the life. The one who was to come is the high priest who is now even interceding for us. The one who was to come is the one who is the prince of peace, the son of the living God, your perfect, eternal, successful, loving, and holy representative before God is none other than Jesus Christ. You see, Adam was only a figure. He was only a type, a foreshadowing of the one who was yet to come. God knew that the first Adam was falling woefully short. So he sent, he gave word that another one would come. And so he sent a second Adam. He sent the final Adam because the second Adam was Jesus. And he represents us to God perfectly, completely, and eternally. So there will never, ever need to be another representative before God. Christian, you are represented, you are represented now before God by Jesus. This reality calls for your loyalty to Christ, to your thanksgiving for Christ, to your worship of Christ. Are you resting in what he has done for you? If you are not a Christian, you should know that Adam could not represent you to God successfully. And you could not present yourself to God successfully either. But Jesus can. Because Jesus lived, he died, and he rose in your place. Will you believe that? Will you repent of your sin and believe in Jesus? Friend, if you will not, you will experience eternal death in a place called hell. The person who represents you before God makes all the difference in both your earthly and in your eternal life. Who is your representative before God? A man or a woman serving as an ambassador for the President of the United States can do well or can do poorly at representing the President to other nations. And that representative, that ambassador, can be replaced for failing to do well. That representative cannot serve forever because they will eventually die physically. You see, full 
fully understanding the theological details or not, you had a representative before God that did not perform well, who introduced you to sin and death and passed death on to you. But God, in his grace, has replaced that one with another, with his own son. And because Jesus is perfect, because Jesus is eternal, because Jesus can never fail, he will never be replaced as, as the, your representative before God. His perfect record of law-keeping stands in your place. His shed blood on the cross gains forgiveness for your sins. His advocacy before the throne pleads your case. So beloved of Harvest Bible Church, we have peace with God. We have access to God. We can have joy in God even through times of our suffering. And we have love from God because we are represented, we are represented before God by none other than Jesus Christ. You can no longer fear. With confidence, you can draw near. You are perfectly presented before God by Jesus Christ. You can rest in the truth that all of your sins are paid for because you are perfectly represented before God by Jesus Christ. You can be assured of eternal life instead of eternal death because you are perfectly represented before God by Jesus Christ. You can say no to the pleasures of sin during your earthly life. You can live your life with thanksgiving to be, because you are perfectly represented before God by Jesus Christ. You can live with full assurance that although, you, that although physical death has come to a loved one close to you, and will one day come to you. You will have all of eternity in heaven because you have been perfectly and you are being perfectly represented before God by Jesus Christ. Friend, you can have confidence that even though you were spiritually dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, you have been made alive again because you have been perfectly represented before God by Jesus Christ. Take hope, brothers and sisters. You are anchored. You have assurance because Jesus represents you before your Father. Let's pray.